Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. We're at the table with Jesus. This week's story is called Sent from the Table. Today is the next to the last episode of the All Places Together podcast series at the table. Next week is a mixtape, which I'm super jazzed about. So this is the last episode of this particular format. So back when I was creating this series last year, I spent a lot of time figuring out like which preposition would be best for the title. I literally read through all the prepositions in the English language and decided that at would be the best one. It fits so nicely with all of the themes and stories that I wanted to connect together. Having this series at the table unfold has been so meaningful for me, and I hope that it has been meaningful for you too. Called at the table told the story of Jesus calling Levi to be one of his disciples, even though he was a tax collector and wouldn't have been most other rabbis' choice. Jesus loves and calls all people, whoever they are. Crumbs at the table showed us Jesus's growth as he is called out by a woman and also encouraged us in our love of neighbor as well. Jesus's mission is usually bigger than we understand. Compassion at the table curbed our appetite for being at the top tier tables and showed us what a party with Jesus is like. Everyone is there. There is so much food and healing abounds. I know I want to go to the next party that Jesus is hosting. Convicted at the table taught us that hearts can be changed by the truth of Jesus. And like Zacchaeus, we can offer reparations and seek reconciliation. Jesus forgives abundantly. And in this forgiveness, we can find new life. Loved at the table took us to Jesus's last meal with his disciples, where he both showed and taught what deep love looked like. Jesus's final command for his disciples and for us too is to love one another as Jesus loves us. Glimpsed at the table reminded us to keep our hearts open because we don't always know where Jesus is and how he might show up to show us grace. A glimpse isn't always a lot, but it can be enough to get us through. We've heard so many powerful stories about what Jesus does at tables. It's pretty radical, pretty life-changing, and more inclusive and expansive than we could imagine. So here we are for our last Bible story. And for a long time, I thought this episode was going to be called Abundance at the Table. Got to get that correct preposition in there. And we're certainly going to talk about Jesus's abundant love during our time together today. However, I realized that this episode really needed a preposition shift to get at the heart of what this story really is about. So today, we are sent from the table. While we may sit at the same table to eat three times in a day, while you may work at the same table for hours a day, And while we may keep coming back to Jesus's table, the communion table, the reality is that we don't stay at the table forever. 
We leave the tables of our lives to go and do, to be with family and friends, to explore the world, to serve our neighbors, to build peace. Yes, we come back to the tables of nourishment, to our workspaces, and of course, to Jesus. But we aren't only ever at these tables. The truth is, is that we are sent from these tables by Jesus to go into the world. Then we come back to them and then we go again. It's almost like you're moving through this in a loop and it's kind of like this whole podcast series has been a loop, right? Like we're called at the table and then all of these things happen at the table and then we are sent from the table. A life spent following Jesus has a particular rhythm and this one of being called in and then sent out is a common rhythm. And today's is a story about being sent. In the Gospel of John, Jesus' final time with the disciples is spent over a meal. Though it doesn't seem that they actually had a table, so you'll have to like forgive me that detail. But they did sit and eat together. Now in the chapter right before what we'll read for today, the author writes about the first Easter morning and how Jesus appeared to his disciples. Mary Magdalene is the first one to encounter Jesus in the morning in the garden. She goes to tell the other disciples. Then later on, Jesus appears to a group of them who were in a locked room. But at that time, one of them was missing, Thomas. So in a third post-resurrection appearance, Jesus appears to Thomas and the rest of the disciples are there too. So now like all of them have seen the risen Jesus. But then we don't really get any stories about them doing what Jesus told them to do at the Last Supper. Like no stories about them loving one another as Jesus loved them. What they do is they go back to work. Like they're pre-Jesus work. They're before times work. You'll hear within the first few verses of what I'm about to read is that they went fishing. This wasn't a leisure activity for them. Like many of the disciples fished for a living before they gave up everything and followed Jesus. So let's join the disciples on their fishing boat and see what Jesus says to them. This is John chapter 21, verses 1 to 17. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. They set out in a boat, but throughout the night, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus called to them. Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom loved Jesus said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself for he was naked and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from shore, only about 100 yards. 
When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to the shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net hadn't torn even with so many fish. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask them, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Here ends the reading. One of the most important themes in the Gospel of John is abundance. John chapter 1 verse 16 says that from Jesus we will receive grace upon grace. So from the beginning, the author is saying life with Jesus is abundant. It's more than we expect or perhaps can even dream. The first miracle in the Gospel of John is where Jesus turns water into an excessive amount of wine at a wedding where they had run out of wine. There are feeding stories where Jesus multiplies food. And then here at the end, there is this one last story of abundance. This group of disciples that had been out fishing all night had no luck. And then the stranger calls to them to tells them to fish on the other side of the boat. And when they pull in this obscene quantity of fish, the beloved disciple says, that's Jesus. He knew that Jesus showed up in these big, abundant ways. The beloved disciple recognized Jesus through this miracle. And when Peter hears this, he is jazzed and he acts immediately. Peter swims to shore while the others bring in the boat and the catch. And then here they are on the beach, sharing a simple breakfast of fish and bread. So like, probably not a table there on the beach, but they're there eating together. And so here we see these parallels that are made both to the feeding miracles, this abundance that we've seen before, and also this last supper that Jesus had shared with his disciples right before he was betrayed and crucified. In all of these places, Jesus is providing for the physical needs of his disciples. And then we read about this conversation that Peter has with Jesus. It's kind of an odd conversation if we read it out of context. So remembering another conversation that Jesus and Peter had before Jesus was crucified will help us understand. While they were at the Last Supper, Jesus says that one of them will betray Jesus. Peter's like, no, not me. And Jesus responds by saying, 
that Peter will deny Jesus three times before the rooster crows the next morning, which ends up happening. After the Last Supper, Jesus and the disciples went to a garden to pray. There, Jesus was arrested by a group of religious leaders. They take him to be on trial the next morning. Peter follows them and ends up outside of the place where Jesus will be tried. Over the course of that night and into the early morning, three different people ask Peter if he is a disciple of Jesus. And each time Peter says no, and then the rooster crows. So in this story that I read today, Peter is again asked three questions, right? So I think there's this parallel to this three denials that Peter had given before. So we see this parallel, but then I think it also shows the extent of Jesus's forgiveness and the seriousness of the directions that Jesus is giving him. Three times Peter is asked if he loves Jesus. Peter responds each time, yes, I love you. With each affirmation of Peter's love for Jesus, Jesus tells Peter to feed his sheep. Again, three times. There's this parallel. It is deep forgiveness, and it is like serious, intentional directions that are being given here. After this conversation, Peter and Jesus talk a little bit more. Jesus has a conversation with this beloved disciple, and then the gospel ends. So the disciples and all of those who read the gospel are John are left with this question from Jesus and this direction. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Now, one way of reading this is as if it is an if-then situation. If you love Jesus, then you'll feed his sheep. And there are plenty of Christians who frame it this way. However, there are plenty of other Christians, Lutherans like me included, who frame this in a different way. Instead of if-then, I prefer because and therefore. Because I love Jesus, therefore I feed his sheep. But the truth is, is that there are a lot of other because and therefore statements that lead up to me and maybe you being able to say that because I love Jesus, therefore I feed his sheep. And these are some of them. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I love God. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I know I am forgiven. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I can forgive myself. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I can love myself. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I see God's fingerprints on all people, creature, and places of the earth. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I learn compassion and feel conviction. Because Jesus loves me, therefore I love others as Jesus first loved me. And then, because Jesus loves me, because I love Jesus, therefore I feed his sheep. I am sent to feed his sheep. I hope that you heard all of these layers from the episodes of this series and all of these because and therefore statements. How I'm called and loved, how you are called and loved, how Jesus shows up and what love embodied looks like, 
how it's compassion for those in need and apologizing when we are wrong. Maybe you heard other echoes of this series in those becauses and therefores too. So then when we finally get to the one for today, because Jesus loves me and I love Jesus, therefore I feed his sheep, it's important to remind us, myself included, that Peter, the first one who says this statement, like, isn't perfect. Peter doesn't have it all together. Peter messed up a lot before this moment. He messes up so much after this moment, too. And still, Jesus loves him, calls him, and sends him. And this is the same for me and for you. We aren't perfect. We don't have it all together. We've messed up a lot before this moment, and we're going to mess up again soon, too. And still, Jesus loves us, Jesus calls us, and Jesus sends us too. We can come back to the table with Jesus as often as we need. Jesus is always there, arms open, nourishment set out, ready to listen, and then ready to speak to our hearts words of healing, hope, and justice. And then from that table, we are sent out into the world, sent to feed his sheep, to take care of the world. We are sent into a word that has both beauty and desolation, justice and oppression, healing and pain. We are sent to celebrate the joy of God in life and then join in God's work of bringing beauty, justice, and healing. Where God is sending us and how we feed God's sheep is different. And I hope you'll spend some time this week reflecting on where God is sending you into the world to love others as Jesus loves you, to feed Jesus' sheep. I also hope you'll come back for next week's final episode of At the Table. It's going to be a mixed tape with powerful real-life stories of God doing incredible things at a coffee table, a lunch table, and a picnic. And I also hope that you'll come to the All Places Together table for communion on August 29th. Listeners are gathering with me on Zoom that evening to meet Jesus at the table. You can sign up to get on that email to get the Zoom link. But most of all, I hope that you will remember how you are called, loved, shown compassion, and sent by Jesus. I hope you remember that you are never alone. God is with you, and there is a beautiful community of Jesus followers who are with you on this journey. So now we go out from this podcast into the rest of our daily lives. But I'm looking forward to being back here with you again. I'll talk to you soon. Prayer for Sending. God, because you loved the disciples so much, therefore you appeared to them while they were fishing, you fed them, and then you invited them to feed the world. Because of your love alive in them 
and alive in so many others. Therefore, I too have gotten to know your love, your nourishment, and your invitation. Because you love me wherever, whoever, and however I am, therefore you send me into the world to join you in seeking justice, building peace, and sharing grace. Because you are always waiting with open arms for me, therefore I know I'll be back to see you soon. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. This week, All Places Together is launching a new ministry to come alongside congregations that also share God's radical love for all people. Mother Hen Media Ministries is an offering of All Places Together that provides social media resources and support for inclusive and expansive congregations. So if you are a pastor, deacon, or congregational leader, and you are looking for social media help, I hope that you'll check out Mother Hen as a way to both share God's love for all people and creatures, and also a way to support all places together. You can find Mother Hen online at allplacestogether.org slash mother hyphen hen. I'm going to be linking that in the show notes, so look down there. And you can also find Mother Hen on social media both Instagram and Facebook at Mother Hen Media Ministries. If you haven't signed up for our next Zoom communion, this is your last chance to do so. I'd love for you to join us on Monday, August 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The table is open to anyone who would like to come, whether this is the first time you've listened to All Places Together or you've listened to all the episodes. If you want to take communion, you're welcome to do so. But if you also want to come and not have communion, that's okay too. Your seat is ready and I am so excited to see you. I'm so thankful for our mission partners, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Virginia Synod, and supporters like you who share generously with all places together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast to happen week after week. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, I invite you to go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Simply scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together, click that button, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. I know that it can be hard to give financially. I celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with me online throughout the week. Big things are coming up for All Places Together that I'll be announcing at our Zoom communion time next week. So if these podcasts and other content that I've been offering have been meaningful to you, I hope you'll consider who else in your life might be encouraged, curious, or affirmed by the ministry of All Places Together. So if you're coming to communion next week, feel free to invite a friend. We've got room for everybody. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.